Hey guys, welcome to Changemakers from Within. I'm Rachel Klausner and I'm thrilled to have Amy Wendell from Log Me In join us on the podcast today. Amy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Absolutely, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be on. Um, Yeah, so my name is Amy and I am based in Boston and I was born in Minnesota and I grew up in New Jersey and I moved to Boston for college. I went to Northeastern University here and I studied art history and then I went on to study museum studies at Harvard University and I, I thought I was going to be a museum curator and I ended up in the technology world. So quite a departure from that initial education. Wow. How did you go from the museum world to tech? Oh boy. It was, it was quite a journey. I, right after I finished my master's, um, at Harvard, I, there were a few things that happened. One was that I got a job at, um, a smaller, uh, tech company through a friend actually. And so I started in tech then, and then I also, um, when I finished my master's, I started a small nonprofit that I was running, um, helping children in Tanzania. So there were sort of two things that were changing. So tell us a little bit about Log Me In and, and what the company does. Sure. So Log Me In is based in Boston, and we have about 4,000 employees, and we operate globally. So we are in over 20 different offices in 12 different countries. And we are a publicly traded software as a service uh, company. We're actually soon going to be private, which is um, very exciting for the company. And we offer um, all kinds of different products, um, software products that um, enable you to work without boundaries. And so we really empower employees to work remotely and we have all the tools that you need to do that. So whether that's remote access or meeting tools or support tools or hosting tools, um, several of our products like GoToWebinar, GoToMeeting, Rescue Assist, um, Pro Central, go to my PC. Maybe some of the listeners out here are, are using GoToMeeting right now as um, a lot of the workforce has, has gone remote. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about how what's been going on at the company given everything that's been going on with coronavirus? What, how have you guys seen your products be used? So there's a lot happening right now. And um, we, a couple weeks ago, launched free emergency remote work kits for healthcare providers, educational institutions, municipalities, and nonprofit organizations. And so those emergency remote work kits have been offered for free for those different industries. And those kits Uh, include the products that I mentioned. And so they are offered for 90 days to um, help, you know, nonprofits and and hospitals and, and, um, and schools get through this time right now. And so we've seen um, a lot of uh, organizations and, and schools and hospitals take us up on that offer. And I think the last time I looked, there had been over 1,500 emergency work kits uh, deployed. I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out, that number will have gone up. Um, we've also seen a lot of companies um, add on licensing um, you know, to meet their, their needs for, for their employees as they go remote right now. Wow. I'm sure it's been such a roller coaster. I mean, it's been such a roller coaster for the world, but being in a company that so, um, so much solves for uh, some, some of 
what's going on is is probably incredible to be a part of. Yeah, it really is. I think, you know, it, it's been interesting because the the entire company has gone remote. All of our offices have have been closed, you know, temporarily as as we, um, you know, isolate. And so the company has been dealing it with, you know, just on the employee side, but then we're helping so many companies get through this. And yeah, I think it's, I'm just so impressed with, you know, with the employees and, and everyone working so hard to, to help so many other companies. It's great. So cool. And it's so cool that you guys do these, these kits, um, these remote kits for, for free for so many schools and hospitals impacted. It's truly amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it is great. Um, I'm excited. We're going to dive more into that in a little bit because I want to hear how, how that all came about. But let's first hear, I, I'd love to hear more about, you know, what's your role at the company um, and, and how did the role come about? Yeah, so my um, my official title is Global Head of Corporate Social Responsibility at LogMeIn and I have been in the role full-time for two and a half years now and I've been with the company for six years and so earlier I mentioned that startup um, that I worked at and you know that was that was my my first uh, my first job in, in the tech world and so what happened was that company was acquired by LogMeIn in 2013 and so there were 14 of us at that small company and lucky for us, we just walked actually across the street um, in the seaport um, to, to log me in. It was a very easy acquisition and I moved over and I, I had been in operations and then I got into marketing um, and I was in marketing for about three years at the company. And when I joined log me in, um, they found out about the nonprofit that I was running in Tanzania and they thought, oh gosh, you know, Amy, she's really into giving back and community service. She might be interested in the charitable committee that LogMeIn runs. And so I very quickly got connected to an HR leader and another woman who were leading a charitable committee. And it was, you know, I think like less than a dozen people running it. And um, I joined that and I started to see what they were doing. And I really wanted to help with that. And I also really wanted to lead it and sort of lead the charge there and, and take it further. I had at the startup that I worked at, because we were a Salesforce consulting uh, partner, I'd been to many Dreamforce conferences and I've always looked towards Salesforce and their philanthropy model. And and you know, really admired that, and I wanted to, you know, sort of bring Logmian's small grassroots charitable committee, you know, up to up to that level um, as far as I possibly could. That was, you know, sort of my my dream. And so I ran that charitable committee along with another colleague for several years on the side of my marketing role at LogMeIn until, you know, through um, organic M&A activity, LogMeIn got to be the size that it was. You know, when I started, it was 600 people and it just kept growing and we had um, acquired uh Go to meeting and go to webinar, you know, different go to products from Citrix. And we got to the point where I remember having a coffee with our CEO, Bill Wagner, and he, you know, just sort of recognized that 
this couldn't be a, a fraction, you know, of, of my work. It needed to be a full-time role. And he asked me at that point if, if I would be interested in it. And that's really where the full-time role came about. And that was about three years ago. I remember it was in the summer three years ago. And so I think, you know, he recognized that our, our employees and our customers and our investors were really demanding a more robust program. And I, of course, accepted. And really, it was sort of my dream. And I had only hoped for that. So it's kind of a long story, but it was just, you know, just the sort of the progression of a small grassroots program growing and growing and growing until, you know, top leadership saw that and then created the opportunity um, for it to be full-time. It's awesome. That is such a cool story. I love it because it just, you started when you were, it was just, you know, a, a nice volunteer thing you were doing kind of on the side of your real quote job. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't so prescribed and then you just did it for however long and it grew into a real role, right? Or it's your full-time job. And, and you didn't know that at the time when you started, you know, working on it, but you, you kept to it and because you were passionate about it and it's so cool that it was kind of this combination of you raising your hand, but also having this great experience starting your own nonprofit and you had this great perspective um, and then top leadership recognizing that, wait a second, like we're at a, we're at a point in the company where this, this needs to be a full-time job and this needs to be someone, someone really devoting their, their entirety to it. So that's awesome. I, I would love to hear more about the programs that you run at Log Me In um, and, and, and kind of just give us an overview of, of what they are. So at Log Me In, our corporate social responsibility program, it has a name. It's called, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's called Mission Possible. Um, we make things possible. And really what we focus on are um, two different areas, social impact and then sustainability. And so on the social impact side, we focus in um, two different areas. That's education and youth programs and then critical human need. And so on the education and youth program side, we are supporting access to primary and secondary education. We do a lot of different STEM education programs and developing youth digital skills. And then we're also um, working to close the diversity and achievement gap in tech and then supporting vulnerable children and youth programs. So there's a lot of work across all of our offices um, in those 12 different countries focused on children and education. And then on the critical human needs side, we are uh, responding to disasters, um, whether that is a um, disasters or, you know, different crises, uh, whether that is, um, you know, recent wildfires in California or um, volcano eruptions near our Guatemala office or responding to, you know, the current health crisis right now with COVID-19. So there's that. And then we also are involved in a lot of programs, um, a lot of hunger relief and food security programs. Cool. I'm so excited to dive in more because there's so much to talk about. First, yeah. I want to hear more about the name and how the name Mission Possible came about. Oh, gosh. You know, that actually, so, you know, when I joined this small charitable committee that I mentioned with these two other colleagues, 
Um, there was a woman named Jocelyn who is the most lovely woman and has worked at Logamine for, for many years. And I hope she'll listen to this, but you know, we worked together and I actually think it was her, her idea. So I don't think I can take credit for that, but, um, we did, we did work together, but I think it was her idea. And I think, you know, it really, we looked at so many companies that have, you know, um, branded like CSR programs and so many of them are, you know, so-and-so cares, which I think is great, you know, but there's just so many that are so similar. And this one was so unique. And, um, I think, you know, it sort of sticks out now. I, I still hear a lot of, you know, feedback from different nonprofit partners, like, oh, you know, your, your t-shirts and your names, it's so unique. So it's just Mission Possible has become such a, a beloved program, um, at LogMeIn. And I love it because it's so, it's so positive and yeah. in a way that's different, it's not expected. And I just, I love when I saw it, I was like, Oh wait, that's super cool. <laughs> Amy, can you tell us a little bit more? You mentioned STEM, um, and that, and how that was one of the focus areas. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing there? So in addition to Coder Dojo and Hacker School and some of the programs that I mentioned, we also hold an annual STEM in initiative. And so STEM in, it's a play on log me in. And uh, for the second year in a row, we did this. And in 2019, it kicked off on November 8th, which is STEM day. And we worked with Building Impact, which is uh, one of our great partners based here in Boston on a signature skills-based model that was really, really easy to execute. And we reached over 160 youth during that month by hosting pitch and prototype competitions in Boston, Santa Barbara, our Utah office, Bangalore, and Budapest. And um, during the competition, students worked in small groups with employee volunteers um, with, the, with the students to design and pitch prototype healthy living mobile apps. Cool. And it was cool so, talk. so fun because this was a global campaign and offices, you know, from, from these five different locations participated and seeing the apps that the kids created was so, so fun. And what we did was um, the winning app uh, from each office. So they did like a little, you know, Shark Tank uh, presentation and, and pitched their apps. And so the winning app from each of these five locations was then put in a video reel for all of our employees then to vote on Slack for the winner. And so the winning app, we then donated $5,000 to a nonprofit um, of that volunteer group's choice. So the winner ended up being Santa Barbara and the, the $5,000 ended up going to a local, the local Santa Barbara school where, where the kids came from and it went to um, starting their Girls Who Code Club. Such a fun program. It's awesome. That is so creative. How did you guys come up with that? Well, so Building Impact, they they run these uh, STEM days and um, and they do them here in Boston and they're called Guppy Tanks here in Boston. And so we had done that the year prior and I talked to Bridget, uh, the CEO of Building Impact, and I thought we should make this a global program. And so they had never done that and they were so amazing and it was the first time that they took this just boston boston public school based um program and then they 
you know, sort of tweaked a few things, but then made it global. And they trained volunteers in these different locations um, on this. And they, you know, talked to the teachers of the students that came in. And it was such a great program. We're excited to do it again this year. I love I love that you guys did it in five five different places. That's super cool. Can you tell me more about what you guys are doing from an employee engagement perspective? Is there anything kind of unique or different that that um, jumps out um, from what you guys do there? We do, you know, so many different volunteer days. We we have a really active Slack channel for Mission Possible. And then we do, well, I think so. two things that we did last year or, and this year also that kind of stand out are these Slack votes that we do. And so we did three last year and I'll give you an example for Earth Day and we'll be doing that again for, for Earth Day this month. But last year we identified five different nonprofits and then let our employees vote via emoji on Slack for the nonprofit that they wanted our annual Earth Day donation to go to. And so I love the idea of putting, you know, our our donations and our giving, you know, really in the hands of our employees and allowing them to, you know, make the decision. So we've done that several times with with different grants. And I, I always love those. In fact, those posts end up being the most engaged and popular posts of, of the year. So I think that's a testament to LogMeIn employees and how passionate they are about giving back. So there's that. And then we also, you know, we run these different campaigns, whether it's STEM education or uh, employee match campaigns where, you know, we'll um, match employee donations. But we also did a really, really fun and impactful service trip to Guatemala. And so that was in February before uh, before any travel bans, uh, thankfully. And we brought a group of global employees down to our Guatemala City office. And we volunteered for a week in Panajachal, which is a beautiful village uh, by Lake Atitlan, which is about three hours west of uh, Guatemala City. And so there was a, a big campaign and, and sort of employee engagement program around that and around applications for the the service trip. As you can imagine, we received so many applications um, and only you know 20 got to go. So we're always looking at different different ways that we can get our employees involved and, and engaged. I love that. The the trip itself, it's such an interesting concept. I it reminds me a lot of like the college trips that I would do, you know, the service trips. But I, I, we haven't spoken yet um, to a company that does something like that. It's super cool. It's really just awesome. Yeah, and I think ours, I think ours was really special and unique and and, and impactful in that we didn't just choose a random location to go volunteer. This is a community that is near and dear to our Guatemala City office where we have over 300 employees. And, you know, we've also, so we volunteered with an organization called Mayan Families and we've partnered with them for over three years. So there's a long partnership there. We sponsor students through Mayan Families. And so it was great to be able to bring LogMeIn employees down there to volunteer. We did a, a lot of work 
the group that volunteered, they also did quite a bit of fundraising for Mayan families. So yeah, I think, you know, the executive director of Mayan families, a lovely woman named Erin Mooney, she just was so pleased with, with how it went. And I think that, you know, there's a way to be very conscious, um, around, uh, service trips. I think sometimes they get a bad rap and I think, you know, there are ways to make them so that they are, you know, really thoughtful and respectful and responsive to community developed solutions. Um, so yeah, I think I'm really proud of, of, of how the trip, um, came out and everyone had a great time and, and we did a, quite a lot of work. So it was very impactful. It's incredible. I can't even imagine the amount of work that was put into that. That's awesome. Um, how did you guys decide on these two areas, education and youth, and then the critical human need and disasters? How did you guys kind of settle on those? Yeah. So, you know, I would say when we, when I took the role full time, there was, there was sort of a lot of uh, process changes from taking the program from being a grassroots small program that was, you know, let's say less than 5% of my time to being, you know, 110% of my time. And so, you know, when it was grassroots, we were actually supporting so many different areas and we really needed to refine that because, you know, I just think you can't be that effective if you're spread super thin. And so we really took a look at um, one, what were the needs in the communities that we're operating in? And then two, how can log me in employees, um, you know, meaningfully and uh, effectively like tackle these issues in their communities. And that's, you know, with, with grants, with micro grants, but then with volunteer time, our employees are extremely passionate about volunteering. And like so many companies, we have volunteer time off, you know, which is paid time to, you know, take a day off and, and go volunteer. And last year in 2019, we did 165 volunteer days, which I think is, is so many. And so, um, you know, we really, yeah, it was, it was really just coming down to looking at, um, you know, the communities and, and the issues um, in those communities and, and seeing how we could help most. Cool. Can you, can you walk us through some of the programs that you implement around these different issues? Yeah. So, you know, it looks different in every, in every country, right? Because there's very often not one partner that is one size fits all um, for, for all the different locations. So, it really, it really looks different in every location. Um, there is one partner, Coder Dojo, who is based in Dublin, but they do act globally and they um, offer dojos, which are basically kids coding clubs. And so that is a program that we have done in Boston and Budapest and then also Bangalore. So that's one global organization that we've worked with in several offices. And then there's different sort of versions of that. In our Karlsruhe, Germany office, they have something called Hacker School. And so we'll have students come in from that program and there'll be different, you know, maker activities or, or coding activities. And so, you know, all of these different um, impact areas will have different partners in each office and then different volunteer activities, you know, aligned with them. This is awesome. And how do you guys organize the volunteer efforts that you have? Is it each office kind of owns their country's 
or their city's volunteer efforts? How do you how do you interact in your role with all the, having a lot of different offices and and the logistics of volunteering? So we have something called a Mission Possible Global Committee, and they are a group of the most um, empathetic and passionate and just beautiful people. There's, I would say, over 50 of them, and there are CSR ambassadors in our offices. And so there's anywhere from one to three people that serve on that committee, and they are identifying partners that we work with in the local offices because you know I'm in Boston and I'm one person I can't possibly know what is happening in the community in Bangalore or Herzliya Israel and so that committee is um, scheduling volunteer days for their offices and promoting them and that's all on top of their day jobs whether you know they're in sales or care or marketing um, or finance they're just the most amazing group of people. It's so cool. Are they self-selected or how, do, how does that work? How do they come to the, be on the committee? So they've, we ran our, our charitable committee in this fashion um, six years ago. And so many of them are, are from, from sort of that time period. And then when Citrix's um, go-to um, family joined us, they actually, Citrix was running their CSR program um, in the same fashion, having ambassadors in each office. So then those people joined our Mission Possible Committee. And then we were just one group. And then if someone leaves from an office or you know they, they feel like their workload is getting to be too much and they can't necessarily dedicate time to this, um, we'll take people via referral or, you know, people will raise their hands. There's never really been a problem because, um, you know, there's so many people passionate about giving back. So, um, you know, a lot of these people have been, have been working on this for so many years and it's just, it's such a family. And how do you guys, um, balance the volunteer efforts and what you guys do financially in terms of like you know, do you do grant making or what efforts do you have on that side? So I would say the the bulk of the the grants and the micro grants that we give out are to the organizations that we are volunteering with. Um, and that is twofold. One, in, in that, you know, a lot of nonprofits, you know, I'd say like most of them require a fee with the volunteering. And so we'll always, you know, pay that, but then we'll always add on to that, um, you know, for our partners that we work with a lot. And then of course there are partners that we'll just give grants to as well. And we don't have a formal application process. The, the grants and the micro grants are really, they're coming, um, as nominations from this mission possible global committee, or they are grants in relation to different camp global campaigns that we're running. In addition to the emergency work kits that you mentioned earlier, what else are you guys doing um, during this health crisis? Is there anything else you guys are doing? Um, 
Yeah, so there's there's a lot that we're doing actually. Um, we are matching donations from our employees uh, to Direct Relief, which is our premier uh, disaster and health crisis partner. They're based in Santa Barbara, but they act globally. And so they are providing um, N95 face masks, gloves, safety net facilities for the most vulnerable right now. So we're matching employee contributions to direct relief. And then we're also doing a doers for Logby and dollars program. And so a lot of companies, um, you know, have these, but ours right now is a little different in that we can't really do traditional volunteering because, you know, people have to stay in. So, um, stay inside for safety reasons. So we've crowdsourced a list of different ideas, for um, you know, people to give back during this time, and so whether that's um, you know checking in on the elderly or grocery shopping for for elderly or um, you know just really to be creative in, in how you can give back at this time. There's there's been some employees that have done different uh, different programs like via go to meeting or go to webinar. There's a woman at Log Me In who on the side does meditation and she has uh, been doing meditation over go to meeting to people in hospitals. So there's an example of an employee using our technology, you know, to give back as well. Cool. That is an awesome program. That's amazing that she's doing that. Yeah, she's amazing. And so, so yeah, on the corporate side, we're we're doing these different programs to um, to support direct relief, but then we're also doing a lot in our local communities as well. And so all of our offices uh, are identifying different ways that we can give back. And so I'll give a couple examples in the Boston office. We recently donated much needed belts and shoes and backpacks to St. Francis House, the homeless shelter downtown. And a lot of their donations are just going down right now and, and they're not getting as much. So we made a donation to them. We also, uh, in Boston, donated to the Boston Foundation's COVID-19 fund. And then we, our employee resource groups purchased gift cards to minority-owned restaurants. And we will be donating those gift cards to the frontline workers at St. Francis House that are, you know, every day going to the homeless shelter and serving their guests and, and really putting their lives at risk. So that's just in Boston, but all over, you know, donating to the Santa Barbara Food Bank, donating to um, so many other organizations locally as well. It's awesome. I also love that you guys um, work with both Direct Relief and, and St. Francis because they're both partners of ours at Millie. And we actually just, yeah, just this week put together a list of kind of top nonprofits that are on the front lines and both of them were on it. So, so it's exciting to hear the same great organizations come up. Yeah, Direct Relief, they they just do fantastic work. And I think last year they they received so many different awards for all of their work. I, I always recommend them to to different people that are, are looking for a solid nonprofit. 100%. My my cousin actually just called me the other day and he was like, trying to, you know, I have no idea who to give to and I'm trying to get all my friends to give to an organization, which one? And I was like, 100% Direct Relief right now. They are incredible and so on the front lines of this and, and just so impactful 
uh, both financially and just you know in terms of how how they're doing the work that they do. So I'm I love that we're <laughs> I love that we both love them. So tell us, can you tell us a little bit about kind of the nonprofits that you're personally involved in um, outside of work? Yeah. So I mentioned that I founded a nonprofit. Uh, it's called Project Mema, and I founded that 10 years ago. Actually, it'll be our 10th anniversary on May 5th. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And so that nonprofit supports uh, nursery schools in Moshi, Tanzania, which is at the base of Mount Kilimanjaro. And we support two schools, and then we also have a primary and secondary sponsorship program. I do that. That's that's fairly small and grassroots on the side. And then I'm also on the Corporate Advisory Council for Cradles to Crayons, which is uh, an organization here in Boston. And then I'm also uh, an advisor for Project Alianza, which is a wonderful organization that is um, educating children in Latin America. Love it. I, we know Project Alianza well. They're another another partner of ours. And, oh, and they that, are? That's yeah, great. Yeah, they're awesome. And Cradles to Grounds was, we just uh, did a volunteer day with our employees there. So oh, all, big fans of all, all of the above. Cradles to Grounds, they actually just moved into their, into their yeah. new space, which is going to be yeah. real exciting. There's no volunteering right now because of COVID, yeah. but once, you know, this hopefully passes. I'm just so excited for their new space and, and for all of Boston to go volunteer there. I know. We just we were supposed to volunteer there actually again in two weeks, so I, I don't think that's happening, but we will definitely reschedule because I was excited about seeing the new space and be and you know joining them again. Because they're they're they they run such a tight ship. It is incredible. They're really great. How well they operate. Like it is and how well they train volunteers and just are able to bring volunteers in for a few hours and make it actually meaningful, right? It, it's it's hard. I think I find organi- it's really hard for organizations, understandably, to bring in volunteers for short periods of time and make it as impactful as at least how I felt walking out of there. Like, oh, we sifted through like, you know, 14 crates of bins. Like, that's awesome. So I, I appreciate how well they, they operate their volunteer stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the Greater Boston Food Bank does a really great job as well because, you know, you go in there for just a couple hours and and you definitely walk out of there feeling like you did a lot and, and you have done a lot and, you know, they right. can't they can't operate without volunteers. So I think that's another one too. St. Francis House also. So many great ones here in Boston, so we're lucky. We are. Amy, thank you so much for being a part of this. We're so excited. I'm excited for everyone to hear your story and what you're working on and just really you know, the timeliness of us talking around, you know, while, while we're in the middle of this health crisis and everything you guys are doing around it, it's, it's incredible. So thank you for being a part of it all and the work that you do. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.